podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello everyone and welcome back to Rival Recon here on Anfield Index Pro. I'm Harry Sethi. After a humiliating 5-2 defeat at home against Real Madrid on Tuesday evening, the Reds simply have to bounce back as they head to South London this weekend to take on Crystal Palace. With Vieira's side having won just once in their last 12 games, and with the run at the top four still seeming plausible for the Reds, Klopp will be desperate to pick up a third win in a row in the Premier League and continue to build some much-needed momentum. Joining me on the pod this week to lend us his insight into how Palace's season has unfolded to date and the challenges facing Vieira as he looks to improve his side in both boxes, we welcome back producer for Apple Music and a regular across five-year plan fanzine and the Cheese Rolls podcast, Joe Walker. Welcome back, Joe. Thank you very much. Good to, good to speak to you. It's, it's, it's been a while since we last chatted. I think we were briefly trying to think about the, the number of things that changed in the world since we last since we last spoke, and what stayed what stayed consistent and sort of like. Uh, Are you that person who has everything, the coolest merch, and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to AnfieldIndex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. People being annoyed at their football teams for different reasons uh, is has been remained a consistent theme uh, that we can all sort of get on board with. Like in good times and bad, there will always be uh, the ability for us to sort of moan about our football yeah. teams. Um, there was a there's a great quote from <laughs> now Talk Sports now sort of regular former Palace chairman. Simon Jordan. He used to have a newspaper column when he was Palace chairman. There, yeah. And uh, during his time at Palace, he said, you know, we could be in the Champions League. We could have a sort of 200 million war chest. But yeah. there will always be someone complaining about something. the price of the hot dogs. And it's just like, there's, no, there's always something that we will find issue with. It's just part of that, the fandom and the, the passion for it. There's, there's always a room to improve. There's always yeah. hope. There's always disappointment. And... Oh, that's why we love it, isn't it? No, exactly. Yeah, I, 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 I wouldn't mind it swinging back to hope, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Recent, I think this uh, for Liverpool fans listening to this. Um, yeah, the the midweek game was a, a very useful reminder of like, 
a, a glimpse of hope only to be <laughs> smashed into the soil <laughs> over and over again. Um, but, uh, not to mention that game, cause I think there's, there's going to be plenty of pods that, uh, dive into the, um, was it just bad luck or actually are we, about, <laughs> are we bad, uh, sort of angle, angle to things. But I wanted to talk about Palace and uh, I was casting my mind back to, uh, the game earlier in the season, which seems a long, long time ago now. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> completely had forgotten that, of course, that was the game where, where Nunez <laughs> got himself sent off as well, um, after sort of starting the season in sort of a decent, um, run of form and then, uh, sort of hit the brakes on that a little bit. It took, it took him a while to get back up to speed. Um, but like, 1-1 one, one draw, obviously, early in the season, uh, Luis Diaz on the score sheet, so he was also available at that, at that part of the season as well, which again, makes it feel like a very long time ago, yeah. uh, Zaha for you. Um, casting your mind back to that game, I mean, so, do, do you remember much from it? And, and in terms of sort of where your head was at at the start of the season, in terms of the, the, your hopes or expectations for Palace this season, where were those at? It was, it's certainly different to now, cause, um, I mean, as, as you probably well remember and everyone listening, Palace had quite a good sort of first season under Vieira, cup semi-final run, um, you know, slow start sort of, but learning in real time throughout the season. And by the end of it, we were on quite a good run um, and it felt really exciting for the next year. But then what happened in the summer just gone was that we essentially lost the entire midfield, whether through injury or not keeping players. Connor Gallagher is the obvious example. And so going into this season, uh, and, and into that game at Anfield, it was still so early. We weren't quite sure how much we had stayed still or even regressed. It was, we kind of, we'd signed one midfielder in Shek Decore, who it turns out has become our player of the season so far. But in terms of that Gallagher role and the energy that he brought, um, and the press, we didn't have a natural replacement. And so we were essentially through the season, and we still are auditioning players to kind of fill that gap and failing that changed the style of play. And um so Ebreze was essentially auditioned at the start of the season. You know, he'd had a long injury layoff. And so by the time he'd come back, Vieira was in and was really struggling to fit him in the team. And so the start of this season was Eze in a more natural central role, not really providing that same energy, but you know, something a di- bit different creatively and he's a very good player. Um, and that Anfield game was a great sign of, oh, he might actually be capable of playing there for us and making big impacts in big games against big sides because like, if you remember the, the Palace goal was some really smart footwork from him and then a really early, uh, through ball to Zahar that put him straight through essentially. And. That offered a lot of hope at the time, even though you guys were down to 10 men for a significant amount of the game. And for some fans, it was, it felt like two points dropped for us, regardless. Um, it did still provide a lot of hope that despite our lack of recruitment in certain areas in the summer, that we still had the nucleus of a very good team that was kicking on from last season. It hasn't quite materialized, um, the further the season's gone along, which has been a source of contention among a lot of Palace fans, whether it's just, uh, the, you know, the nature of a club of our size, you know, you have your fits and spurts, you have your moments that, you, you know, you can't really have eras with a side like us because of just the, the nature of budgets and players mm. wanting to go. But, um, yeah, it's a peculiar time, but we finally had some recruitment in January to change the midfield and it's still early days yet. It's all still up in the air, but, um, it has made the last couple of games slightly different. So 
who knows what's co- what's going into this? We're we're as much of an unknown quantity uh, <laughs> among fans as it is for you guys, I think, at this moment. Yeah, no recruitment in midfield is probably three three heavily used keywords, I think, for for, <laughs> for Liverpool yeah. fans this season for sure. Certainly, um, for like you to sort of playing a broken record. But in, in terms of, I mean, when you, you said there, I think when we first spoke about uh, Vieira coming in, it was clear it was a real distinct change from what Palace had had been before in terms of sort of the, the, the ambition on how you wanted the side to play, even the recruitment, the, the the profiles of players that were being being brought in as well. You mentioned Gallagher on, on loan who you know, obviously has such a massive impact for you, but there's a whole bunch of really talented young players there as well. Like a, a, a real style change that Vieira was looking to implement. Uh, you, you sort of hinted at it there a little bit when you talked about sort of the midfield recruits that came in in, in January, but um, in, in terms of the start of the season um, and sort of where you felt like the the squad was lacking, was it was it primarily in that midfield, or were there other things that you thought were missing that uh, Vieira probably needed to to kick on? Midfield was the the big kind of obvious one. I mean, we let Chequiarte go to well, we let him release on a free. He was almost never present for us, but yeah, yeah. His contract was up and there was a bit of a tangle. I don't know if you remember, Idrissa Gay said some, refused to wear a sort of rainbow lace or something that was kind of pro LGBT. And yeah. he was sort of chastised for that at the club he was at at the time. And Kuyate kind of came out in solidarity with Idrissa Gay and, uh, as a, and it kind of soured. I think the Did he really? Was, I didn't even yeah. remember yeah. that. So the contract oh, kind of. Just naturally, it was just a, okay, let's just, no, it's probably best if we just, you know, this Palace isn't that kind of club that was stand for that sort of thing. Um, so we lost him. And then James MacArthur, who is 35 now, but really integral to us for a long time and has, even under Vieira, really, really excellent. It was one of the big hallmarks of Vieira last season was that he got the kind of senior, what you would classify as classic Hodgson players playing and in, and flourishing under the sort of new Vieira style of play. Um, but he is 35 and his kind of body is given up on him. He's been out for pretty much 12 to 18 months now. He's just back to fitness, but we've really missed him. He was an amazing foil for Gallagher, did a lot of the dirty work that allowed Gallagher to press higher. And uh, we've just totally missed the combination of those two, especially being missing. Um, you know, we've had Jeffrey Schlupp in midfield, who does, has, does have have some energy but um it's quite a 2d footballer you know you often hear about uh center when center halves go in midfield they suddenly feel like they have to look over their shoulder as well as in front of them and it's a different challenge looks like that but with you know an attacking player going Hmm. deeper uh you know it it really slows down our transition to as you mentioned some really talented players in our team Zahara Lise for example and Eze even we really struggle to get the ball up to them sometimes because playing out from the back, if you don't have those players that are comfortable in possession in midfield, it kind of grinds to a halt or goes back to the keeper pretty quickly. And mm-hmm. um, you then have the panic, long balls, and then it's all just pointless. So we've really struggled with that this season. As, as once we've come up against anybody sort of above the bottom six or seven, we really look quite limited in midfield. And I believe we tried to... So rumour has it we tried to get Conor Gallagher and held out for Conor Gallagher in lieu of other suitable replacements earlier on in the summer. And I think he was essentially a couple of days away from coming back on loan. 
but then Chelsea had Kovacic injured in August and that just put the nail in that and we were left stranded. And it happened again in January. So we were going to get Aaron Wan-Bissaka at right back, which was the other huge kind of issue in positionally at Palace. We've got two very aging, right? Well, not anyone, they're 31, 32, but mm. Joel Ward and Klein, right? Klein yeah. yeah, who, you know, you and Liverpool fans will be very aware of Nathaniel Klein and he's a Palace legend at this point, but, um, is not the physically as, you know, some injuries have really taken his, their toll on him and he's not as pacey as he once was. He still can do a job for us, but it is an area that other teams target. Um, although, you know, we played Brighton recently and he had a really good game against Natoma actually, but it's a difficult position of the pitch that we've always wanted to improve in. But, and again, we tried to get, we had sort of Wambasaka returning on loan, almost signed and sealed. And then hmm. Darlow got injured and he's probably had his best run in the Man United team. I was going to say, yeah. So. So that's, we've had a few unlucky things like that, which I guess you run the risk of when you're uh, a team of our size and you can't do the panic thing on deadline day uh, in terms of if those don't work, right, let's go and find sort of 30 million from under the sofa and get somebody. But um, we finally kind of delivered on those things. Um, fullback's probably not dealt with till the summer, but Lukonga's coming on loan from Arsenal, who had, had his first start last week and was pretty good. Maybe not fully fit for 90 minutes yet, but... Um, pretty impressive for what we needed anyway and uh, we signed a guy probably had half a season of professional experience from Germany a guy called Ahamada who hmm. is actually has I think was penned as a long-term prospect but has played every game since he's come in off the bench and has looked very impressive actually so that's where we're at in terms of we, we, we have to speculate and every now and then they're not going to work but um, we just have to keep at it. And if we've worked, we've got a solution with Ahamada. That's, that's brilliant. Um, it's more, I guess now up front is the huge issue with Palace. You know, midfield is what it is, but we don't score any goals. And when we do get the few chances, when we do get the ball up to the forward players, uh, we've got Odson Edward, who's the confidence is totally gone. He takes an extra few touches now to take a shot at goal than he probably did a year ago. And then you've got Jean-Philippe Mateta, who hmm. is kind of a discount Nunez does this Nunez disservice. I think he offers chaos theory very much so, and that can be very positive for us. But um, he's six foot four and he can't head the ball. Like he gets out jumped by smaller players all the time. It's hmm. a really strange uh, phenomenon. And when you have someone like Zahar injured for as long as we've had now, I think it's like a month. We just don't score. It's just not a possibility. And he's still out, is he, Zaha? You're saying? Uh, or is he expected back for the weekend? I think the team news suggests that he's probably not, as in, say, don't hold your breath. Yeah. Um, which will probably come to relief to you guys. I think uh, I'd be surprised if, if he's on the bench, it will be considered good news. It's, um, we're sort of nervous to rush him back as well for what is his last kind of few months. Yeah. And no, that's sort of Palace with signing strikers who are, Big strikers, but actually not necessarily good in the air. I think like similar sort of thing I remember noticing about Benteke as well when he was at Liverpool was that, you know, that his size would have suggested that he was like really good in the air or attacked the ball in a certain way from set pieces. And then he actually attacked the ball in a completely the opposite way <laughs> to which I thought he would actually, where he sort of he'd wait for it to come to him rather than sort of make the near post run or do something like that. And just not naturally that sort of aggressive, uh, finisher in the air. And yep. Yeah. Matet definitely looked like sort of neat and tidy when I saw him last season, but yeah, it's, it's that that threat combined with Edouard as well, who yeah, I think you, you're right from what I've seen does look to have 
lost a lot of confidence um, over the past season or so. Just look, just go back to the midfield. I mean, I was just looking at some of the players who came in, and one name who I remember uh, in the summer when he came in, I, was, I thought it was, it was a pretty strong signing for you, given sort of the way his his, his reputation was with Sheikh Decore. How, how has he been this season? Has it, has, it, has it been an interrupted season for him, or in terms of the actual games he has played, how has he? How have you found him? He's been excellent pretty much from day one. Right, um, yeah. Okay. As was apparent pretty quickly, he was being asked to do a lot of work in midfield. So I think as good as he is defensively, I think a lot of the reason people were impressed with him and people, likewise, we were really happy with the signing was because he was actually quite uh, good on the ball in terms of progressive passes through midfield. You know, just getting defence to attack mm-hmm. a lot quicker on the ground. And just because of that, that sort of aforementioned stuff about the lack of energy provided by the other midfielders, um, he's really having to do the work of two players and is somehow still looking like one of our best players doing so. Um, so I think a lot of Palace players have huge, Palace fans even as well, I imagine, have a huge respect for sort of the amount of graft he's putting in at the moment, but also technically when he it's called upon him, He's, he's pulled some really impressive kind of passes and an eye for, you know, other players really, really well. He, the, the downside to that is that he regularly doesn't finish 90 minutes because he's absolutely knackered. Um, slightly improved as the season's gone on, but you can really see it take it out of him when, you know, Jeffrey Schlipp's nowhere near to be seen and, and he's trying to sort of, he's almost, he's almost operating a two man pivot on his own, if that makes sense. So he's trying to do the job of both. Um, and yeah, he does struggle. Uh, well, you can see that we're only getting sort of one version of him. And what was really promising for us was that Lokonga's first start at Brentford last week, it allowed Decore a little bit more adventure as, as well as his defensive duties. And we looked a much better team for it, even though we've had, that was nowhere near our best 11 on Saturday at Brentford. It's a team who were unbe- unbeaten in 10 or 11. Uh, that we we should have won that game uh, in the end, and it was because we looked a lot brighter in the midfield area, which is the first time you could have said that about us for a couple of months now. Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa. He does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah, and no, I was just looking at, again across the squad and sort of the names I remember sort of were mentioned a lot last season and, and you know, really talented sort of younger pro- prospects. Obviously, the two centre backs being sort of comfortable on the ball, able to come out, spray diagonals, particularly Anderson. And I think that was really, that was really obvious in the game early in the season again, um, at Anfield, actually. Not only sort of him getting, 
Nunez sent off or Nunez getting himself sent off as well, uh, but also sort of the way in which he was spraying uh, passes around on the day. Um, just looking at those players and in terms of some of the actual youth prospects that you've you've had, and also looking at the the fixtures this season. I mean, ha- have there been games where you felt like things had clicked and uh, the like positive results that you cling on to, where you go, well, actually, that that is an example, I suppose, of 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 what it does look like when sort of the team plays in which uh, in the way in which Vieira would, would want them to. Um, certainly, pre World Cup, pre World Cup, there, okay. there were there were some fixtures like. Um, a few home home games against I think Leeds or, or Wolves. The, the banner the banner result at the start of the season was probably we we beat Aston Villa three one, and we played some really tidy stuff that day. I mean that may be down to you know this was Gerrard's Villa at the time they were not really uh, in their best form let's say, but we we played some we scored a couple of really nice goals in that game. Um, Mateta, funnily enough, uh, probably the best of the lot. She did some good work on the left side. Uh, between sort of Zahar, Tyreek Mitchell, Eze. We've had a couple of goals this season where they all get involved. We're kind of sort of overloading on the left side when they're all fit and some cool stuff's happened like that. But it's uh, not as often as we would have liked compared to last season. I mentioned Mitchell there. He's not hit the standards of last season at all. You know, missed out on sort of World Cup squads despite there being no kind of left-footed fullbacks available but I'd argue in hindsight he probably didn't warrant it um needs competition and a rest probably um Zahar is is still asked being asked you know despite all the other players around him still probably he's asked to do a little bit too much um Elise at least now is a regular in the side still very young but he's you know, when we score, he's involved, and and I think he's kind of undroppable at this moment in time. But uh, yeah, we don't that mid the midfield situation has totally, hmm. totally uh, sort of mar- marginalised that effective style of play, really. Yeah, and I was looking at the results. Obviously, like coming into the Liverpool game, it will be what one win in uh, looks like twelve twelve games. So it has been this sort of real tough. Tough patch for Palace, and but again, looking at the score lines, I mean, with the exception of probably the um, the Fulham and, and Tottenham games, the the yeah. score lines have been relatively tight. There's been, there's been a couple sort of hard fought draws in there as well, uh, which which does give the indication, right, that the, the players are still sort of you know, playing for the manager. There's there's yeah. there's no nothing like that. There's sort of probably an awareness of of where they're weak in the squad, and there's not much they can do about that. So they just have to sort of work through it until new recruits came in. Um, yeah. I, I was looking though that just in terms of sort of the way in which Vieira might have tweaked things this season. I know that the high line was one thing that uh, did seem to be quite noticeable about Palace earlier in the season, uh, certainly last season as well for large yeah. parts of it. But it does look as though in recent games that like it's it's been a bit of a sea change with Palace sitting back a little bit more, trying to trying to be compact and then really take advantage of uh, openings on the counter, almost similar to like uh, I suppose what we saw against. Against Liverpool early in the season at Anfield, yeah. right where that, that goal uh, that that uh, Zaha scored is like the, the perfect execution of that plan, right where you sit yeah. tight, like uh, someone is talented enough to sort of find the, uh, the press and, and the quick pass out, and then you have an immaculate finish from from Zaha as well. Is is that the impression that, that you get that Vieira sort of gone back to that sort of uh, back to basics approach at the moment? I think he got there eventually, you know, when we play much stronger sides, I think you see a little bit more of that. Um, right. Okay. I mean, you mentioned two results there, the, uh, 
three nil at home on Boxing Day to Fulham, yeah. against and then Spurs four nils a few days later. Yeah. Um, they were kind of the I would consider that the kind of the the nadir. Like that was that was kind of as bad as it got. And part of that was you know when we do have players missing, and we've had players missing for probably since just before the World Cup. Um, Vieira wasn't really adjusting properly, so you try and have, you know, Anderson would be injured and he's only just come back and he'd try and play James Tompkins, who's kind of the only other fit centre-half, doing the higher line, trying to play out. And, you know, that Fulham game was an example where he got sent off in the other two yellows and it was almost like a mercy. Like, it got to a point where he was begging not to be given the ball. Like, it was so obvious that he did just kind of like, no, they're targeting me, stop trying to play it out from the back. But where everybody else is set up for that, they just meant that any long balls were just completely a waste of time. Um, Vieira has adjusted slightly since then. And which is kind of, as you indicate, some of the, there's a couple of groups of schools of thought with Palace fans. Some are just seeing the lack of wins and goals and just throwing mud wherever, whoever wants it and Vieira out and kind of things. But, um, they, those are kind of more, not, they're, they're not the majority, put it that way. I think most fans can see that, you know, we've drawn in this run winless run with Newcastle, with Brighton, with Brentford, with Man United. You know, when we aren't able to score goals in the last month or so, we do have some sort of resolve, which does, you know, there's no hit indication that the players aren't playing for Vieira as you, as you asked. And that bit is encouraging. I think, um, hopefully now, you know, we've only had a couple, literally two, three games with the signings in and they're being, they were really slowly warmed in. Like last week was the Congress first start. I imagine he'll start again. I think you'll see us be a bit more adventurous. Brentford, we played a very high line again. It was the first time we've done that in a while. Hmm. And um, so you, you may see a little bit more of that. Maybe you're not against yourselves because maybe wherever your confidence is at, I still think I think you could be naive with some of the threats that you offer. So. Still got some pace. Yeah, that's, that's the, yeah. Thing, the thing that we do have. Yeah. Um, I also saw against Brentford, obviously, it was a, a incredibly late goal from Brentford, yeah. right? Which I think I remember seeing. I don't think it was you, but I remember seeing a whole bunch of Palace fans that I, um, I know uh, on the timeline during that game, uh, share their opinions, shall we say, you know, yes. on, <laughs> on the concession of that goal, because it obviously looked like it was going to be a really important result for, for Palace to pick up that win against a, a side that's really tough to play against away from, away from home as well in Brentford. Uh, has that been a pattern this season in terms of sort of the concession of late goals, or is that just sort of people sort of, creating narratives where they don't sort of deserve to exist it was a it was a huge problem last season um you know we dropped we dropped to i think bar leicester or someone like that i think we were really right up there for late concession of goals um we i think we had one of the most draws in the premier league last season and i without exaggerating i'd say easily eight or nine of those were us winning or us drawing and losing points and that kind of, even a conservative, uh, we know, a more like a less generous version of that. If you had those points, we would have been right in amongst it for some kind of like European qualification. Um, and that was a huge frustration last season. We looked to have learned from it in the back end. Um, but there's been two or three instances this season where it shows it's still there, you know, particularly when we haven't had a win in a while. It, it, it's easy to kind of yeah, bring that yeah. back up. Um, you can see that you know, Vieira is a very despite having a couple of jobs beforehand, you can see he's a manager still learning in real time. He's got 
an assistant who taught him his coaching badges, essentially. So I think he's his kind of tactical whisperer, uh, a guy called, a Welshman called Ocean Roberts. Um, and you, it, it, certainly last season, you can see we, we have these very kind of Hail Marys with sort of 10 minutes to go. We'll, we'll throw on an extra center half. We'll go five at the back. We'll put, um, you know, we'll throw as many defensive players on. And sometimes it, you know, when it hasn't worked, then the next time we go in he- ahead, Vieira will try the polar opposite and throw everyone forward and try and get another goal and we'll get caught. That goal, the goal in question at Brentford was, you know, a, a, quite a few players were out of position. Jordan Ayew hits a shocking pass. Uh, with a, when we have a player through on, you know, there actually is a pass through on goal for a second, but the, you know, everyone else has anticipated it. He's hit a wrong pass and suddenly Eze's out of position on playing wide left. It allows the winger and Buemo to have a, just a clear run at the fullback who at the time, Tyrant Mitchell went off injured. We don't know the extent of that. Um, so we had an American, Chris Richards, who is a center half by trade, but has occasionally played at fullback for us. Hasn't looked too confident on the left side. He's right footed. And yeah, it, we just looked all overloaded in the box by that point as well. So it's just a really frustrating goal to concede. It allowed people who were, you know, confirmation bias of that, those late concessions again, but mm. also, you know, a little bit of an element of, you know, there are some players like Jordan I is a great example where he's never going to get you a goal. I was but, going to ask you sort of where you are on the Jordan Ayew, um journey because I know, I know we're having plenty of Ghanaian friends that it, it, it is a journey. It is a journey yes. with Jordan. Um, and like sometimes he will do stuff that you're, you're really, really laudable and always tends to work pretty hard. But, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. that's it. You, it's a sort of, I'm pro Ayew, but I very much conceded that I, I'm happy with what he is. And I think given the lack of goals, it's, it's a lot harder to justify his inclusion sometimes, but. He is, I think, the top. He's always right up. He's right next to Zahar every season in terms of most fouls in the Premier League. Um, but doesn't kind of get the same coverage, I think, because it's more <laughs> sort of hold up play. It's not kind of, you know, big yellow card challenges that are flashpoints on match of the day. Or no, he's not doing, he's not doing tons of stepovers, is he? <laughs> no, no. He's, he's very much winning us set pieces, uh, that, that, or, you know, just bringing us 30 yards further up the pitch and, it's really invaluable for us, particularly in games against sides like yourself. You, uh, you know, you'll probably, if you, uh, and, and as a result, you, someone like me, I'm quite happy to discount the fact he's nowhere near the penalty area. Um, you know, he's, he's not, there's not a goal threat from him at all, or even a kind of assist in that respect either. His, his, his sort of goal providing numbers are really low as well, but he plays quite deep. We've tried to accommodate him. We've even tried him in midfield this season. To, in that sort of space to be, you know, all right, can you be, can you, can you help us in that lack of energy in that area? But didn't quite work, but he'll, he'll always have value in a place in Palace's side against teams in the top six and, or away side, difficult away trips because he just gives us an opportunity to breathe and, um, you know, have some set pieces, which, you know, we're not necessarily that good at, but it just stops the onslaught and he's really valuable for that. Um, but some Palace players, which I can, Palace fans, sorry, which I can understand, would rather see a player in there that can offer something more going forward. Especially when last season that player, he was keeping Elise out of the team last season until probably February, which sounds crazy now, but it actually made sense at the time. Elise looked a bit sheepish in his starts, uh, was getting bullied kind of in some one-on-ones. He kind of he needed to grow into the Premier League, and now he's a regular and 
Yeah, I was going to ask how he's developed, actually, Elisa, because he's obviously always one that catches the eye, right? Um, but in terms of sort of him him finding his feet in the league, do you think he's he's made strides? He has. We've, we've had to play him in various positions this season because of just various injuries and not quite working out what our best midfield is because he can play as a 10. I think he played there for Reading a number of times. Um, he's impressed now and then there, but he he he's kind of... He's very exciting. Um, he's an interesting player. He's an interesting personality as well. I think he's quite misrepresented um, in the in the media due to a particular viral video, which I think as time passes, I think more come out come out around his personality and and, and stuff. But um, Palace are quite protective of him and 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 generally I mean the mm. media. But he's uh, he's you know for example he was kind of the biggest celebrator of. I'll go at Brentford, for example. Like he's he he's really manic for everyone else. When it's him, he's kind of he gets into this almost kind of embarrassed kind of yeah. I'm supposed to do that though, aren't I? You know that that's but <laughs> he I'm at he's him and probably Mark Gray. It's between them in terms of who will probably get the big move, if not this summer, then next summer. Um, they're the the ones with the highest ceilings. I still think there's we probably haven't even seen remotely close to the best of Michael Lise. Uh, he really play. He really shines when a bit like Zaha actually a different way. But like when when we have our best team out or mostly fit team, hmm. it allows him to do a lot more exciting things and try a lot more without. You know, it was a huge thing for Zaha over the years, which I think other fans never understood was that it, anything he tried to do, it had to work because he's the only one. Did, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the amount we got squeezed out of him over the years was incredible, really. And Elise has kind of been like that in recent weeks, but yet still delivering, which um, is is really impressive. But, yeah, where his future is, even for Palace, could could change because, you know, he's played a lot wide of a front three in that Salah sort of area, but <clears> has also done quite well in the 10 as well. And, yeah, one of Patrick Vieira's main criticisms at Nice prior to Palace was that he never knew his best team. I, I'm giving him a bit of room because of injuries, but we're kind of in that Still place in that, at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I think obviously that it is one of the things that that's exciting about players like Eze and uh, Elise and like a few others. To be honest, that they're so young that you could still mold them into sort of a few different positions if you wanted to. But yeah, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily help when you're looking for a settled team and sort of trying to establish a uh, a identity, I guess. And yeah. Gallagher really did leave such a massive hole. I think, I think the influence on the side was undoubted, right? So, yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see you still try and go back in for, for Gallagher at the end of the season. Um, I'm not entirely sure what Chelsea um, are doing um, at, the, at the moment. So, I think there's potentially yeah. a chance for that to actually to actually go through. But in, in terms of the game this weekend itself, then I mean, it's yeah, it's at home. It's uh, evening kickoff under the lights on Saturday evening. Uh, like that means of of course that you knew that the tweets were were scheduled like in advance uh, about right. Istanbul or whatever it might be. Um, mm-hmm. Like it, you knew it was going to be there. And I've just checked, and yeah, fair enough. Sky Sports, you know, fair enough to them. Uh, a couple of days ago, uh, if, if anyone hasn't seen Dwight Gale's goal, they just you know put it out there for you just to see that, <laughs> just to just to remind <laughs> you. you I'm sure there'll be a few reminders uh, like during the coverage of the game itself as well. It doesn't what kind of game you're expecting. Yeah, this is a Liverpool side. I mean, I've been saying it to everybody who's come onto these pods, right? This is a Liverpool side that, despite the threats they have, despite the you know, quite slight resurgence, uh, admittedly beating a Newcastle team without their best uh, midfielder and down to 10 men, um, and then Everton 
uh, who aren't who aren't very good, um, like beating them, and then getting hammered by Real Madrid. This is a side that you're potentially is going to be like. I'm I'm really interested to see how they respond uh, on Saturday evening after such a pretty demoralizing like you know, evening at Anfield, right, against Real Madrid. Yeah. Uh, do you think that will influence the the approach from from Vieira? And that okay, we we should try and be a bit more aggressive here. This is a side that's not what they were, what they were, and uh, confidence could be low. Possibly because you know there are hints in some of our recent performances, if not results, where um, you've kind of seen a bit of team spirit. You can see that despite not winning for a while, that the confidence still seems to be there among certain individual players and and even groups of a lot of the squad. And so. You do wonder whether, you know, I think a big a big factor in Saturday evening is just how confident Vieira wants to be with his selection. So, you know, Ebereze, uh, who scored for us uh, at Brentford, didn't start that game and actually isn't hasn't started for quite some time. Um, players like Edouard who, and, and Eze, who you'd consider quite exciting, want the ball, um, creative players, have made way for the Matetas and Jordan Ayus and Jeffrey Schlups. And I think some fans are getting a little irritated because, you know, it's keeping us in games, but actually we need to offer something at the other end. And by the time you bring them on at 70 minutes, we might be one behind, you know, so may the, it might be, it might be the difference between Vieira going, okay, actually let's start as a, instead of Schlupp uh, on Saturday. And that, that might be enough to just totally change how Palace approached the game. Um, do you guys expect how how many of that side do you expect to, from from midweek to play on Saturday, or will you see a lot of the bench kind of start? Do you reckon? Hmm. That's interesting. Actually, I'm just literally pulling up exactly who played to remind myself. <laughs> I'm sort of blank things out. Um, let me look. Uh, I imagine. I, imagine, I, I, imagine I, I did bench. notice that. I did notice the bench with players like Jota and Firmino. Yeah, there's and, quite a few, right? Yeah, but they're still then, they're still in a weird. Yeah, but in a weird way, you, you know. I noticed, I think once, I think once it got to four or five, and there was still quite a significant amount of time left. To make changes. Clock mates, oh, yeah. sweat the changes. It's almost like, let's rest these players then. Oh, right. right. off the game. So. Yeah. I, I think, I think, I think where most Liverpool fans are at probably is, um, uh, I, I think, um, I mean, with the midfield being the big issue, right? I think people were, people were and still are incredibly unconvinced by Fabinho and Henderson, Henderson in particular, right. um, and their ability to actually do, what we need them to do in order to play the way it's like Liverpool play, right? And um, uh, so, but they came back in and we like got those results against like sides that like aren't good or were, had really particular circumstances, right? Your goalkeeper handling it miles out of the area, getting sent off. Um, like it's, it's it's particular set of circumstances. So I don't think fans were really like really very much convinced by what Hendo had done or what or what Fab had done. The fact that they've been humbled. When we did come up against, admittedly, like literally one of the, the the elite teams in in Europe, I think that's probably the area that we're looking at and thinking, well, you know, how far away is Thiago? Is probably still still a little bit further away. Cater uh, could Cater come in and just do a bit more of a conservative job? Like, is is that is that what's needed for a game like this? Basatich, like he's eighteen, that's like, really good, but like, just how many games can you get through in sure. a short? Short period of time. I imagine the front three will probably say the same. I don't think you'll see Jota or Firmino start. I think that the, the plan is to keep Gakpo there and sort of mould him into that Bobby role of sort of right. dropping back up in midfield. And Nunez and Salah look like they've started to develop a uh, 
a good understanding as well, right? So I don't, I don't, even though there are options, which is which is great, they look pretty rusty when they came on. So I think I'm not sure. I expect them to start. Back four might be a bit of an interesting shout, though. I think Kanate has been in training. I think so. He might, if he's fit and, and, and good to go without risking him getting injured for like a, I don't know, like more games. I imagine he yeah, comes in. You're playing again on Wednesday, aren't you, right? You're playing got Wolves next week. Yeah, playing at Wolves as well. So like, I imagine he'll come in because, uh, Gomez had a pretty rough game and, uh, against Madrid. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think, I, th- I think, I think those are probably the only changes that are available to us. I mean, like you said, like it's, it's good to see some of those people back on the bench and in, 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 in Jota and, I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super-fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac, and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, magboxes and games consoles. Visit LibertyShield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. And uh, and, and Firmino, but I'd I'd be surprised if either of them started, to be honest. Um, But again, maybe some players are more tired than than we think, but I, I don't think it was a case of ah, oh, let's keep them, let's keep them fresh. I, right, I, okay. I, I think most Liverpool fans want wanted wanted <laughs> us to make changes at like fifty minutes. So like, okay, three two, okay, we just sure. just just considered three goals in a row. Should probably change that midfield, and then we didn't <laughs> until we were five two down. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's see. I mean, I I, I don't know. You also might be um, you might be uh, keen on putting a bit of height in that midfield as well. So. Um, Kate's is not the biggest in the world, unfortunately. And Basisic is, he's actually, he's bigger than you think, but he's, he's still, he's still a kid. So we'll have to see. But, um, in, in terms of the, the type of game you're expecting, um, and sort of if I, if I had to push you on a prediction, what would you go for? I, I would kind of, I would expect a low scoring draw, actually. I, I, even though, you know, I still think you're all sides full of goals. I think that me being kind of trying to be really positive and optimistic at the moment. Midfield is still an unknown quantity, which, you know, might actually benefit you. I think that really, that's where the game is won and lost, I think, for you guys. We're still a bit of an unknown quantity there. Whether we get it together is for, a, you know, to come up against the midfield that, you know, is waning, let's say, but that's still pretty high level, uh, compared to us. But we looked so markedly improved with our kind of first attempt at something like our new midfield. And that still had players missing in it. So, if if Vieira is confident, if Vieira goes a midfield of Lukonga, Eze, and uh, Decore rather than Schlup, who's kind of a sort of safe pair of hands, but actually doesn't offer enough either direction, it, I think something as minor as that might really swing the game in our favour 
Yes, it's under the lights. Yes, there's Chris Damble references. It's a long time ago now. <laughs> We've yeah, lost a lot of games to you in that time. A lot of games. So I tend not to get too carried away with that stuff. But, you know, we do need something to, you know, yes, we have a kind of, I think you might be able to test the same with Anfield, you know. We have a reputation for a good atmosphere, but, you know, all fans of all clubs still need something to uh, get excited really about, get yeah. excited about. And, and it is, for us, it is those players like Eze, it is, it is Elise, it's, um, it's those kind of just sparkles, particularly when in absence of Zahar as well. You, you can't, it's, it's, we've seen enough slogs of those where when he's not around, we just kind of hold on for a, a nil-nil and, and then, you see, when we want to, we can see the goal. We look all out of ideas. Mm. We're not that team anymore, so I just hope that we can still, you know, at least frighten you. That's, you know, I'll, I'll take that at this point. But given the fact that we've got draws again, as I said, Newcastle, Man United, uh, Brighton, Brentford, we we can we can stay in the game. And ultimately, I think if we're if we're still in it at an hour, there's there's potential for us to to grab something. Yeah, no, it's, it's going to be interesting one, Luka, because I imagine that. You know, not only looking to bounce back from the Real Madrid game, but also looking at the table. Um, I think Liverpool's Liverpool's hope this season is probably going to be well. If you can get, like, yes, the midfield is like it is what it is, right? It's not, you know, I think that you mm. probably reach a similar point with yourselves, right? But I think yeah. if you if you get to the place where you go, well, if we can get the attack firing and we can just just win games messily, that that's yeah. that's what's needed. So I, I do imagine that the clock will be. We'll be thinking of that when looking at the table and thinking, could we just blast our way back into contention for for top four? So I I, I don't imagine I I don't think this team's got the capacity to play for <laughs> play for a draw to be honest. Yeah. So um yeah, it'll be interesting to see sort of just how much we throw at it uh, in the latter stages. But anyway, Joe, like thanks so much for for coming on again and just giving us your your perspective on where on where Palace are, where this like project is under um is at under Vieira, um and. Yeah, I do. I do hope it works out for him, to be honest. Especially against, um, especially against Arsenal and City this season. Yeah, just that, that's where I am at this, at this <laughs> stage. <laughs> to be honest, wishing wishing pain on uh, anybody else. But um, yeah, and I'm expecting a lively game. But as always, yeah, thanks, thanks so much for coming on. No, thanks for having me. Good to catch up with you. Thanks very much. Um, and just to wrap, wrap it up, just to all those who've been listening to these uh, pods, as as Joe reminded us, right, uh, there'll be a a rival recon ahead of the game against Wolves. Yes, Liverpool are playing Wolves again. That does feel like it's been sort of like a rabbit hole that we've been we've been going down for a long time. We have another chance to play and figure out Wolves on the first of March. So there'll be an episode ahead of that, and then a quick turnaround ahead of a, a game on the fifth of March against. Um, you may have seen it, may have heard about it, a resurgent Man United. So that's going to be plenty of fun as well, I'm sure. But. Um, uh, between now and then, do check out the other great content on Anfield Index Pro. But there'll be another episode uh, yeah, ahead of that game against Wolves. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. 
It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.